You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Musser Masterclass. Tonight's topic, ah, such an important topic, laziness. Lazy, yeah. Hey, that's, you know what? You know you know what? A lazy person wouldn't run out like that. So you see, already not lazy. So uh, what is laziness? Laziness is a a very challenging trait. We're going to have to define what this trait is. And the more we talk about it, the more we'll see how there's nobody who can escape laziness. The great Ramchal that we quoted last week talks about it this week as well. We're going to bring a little quote, one little quote, which is going to give us all of the insight we need. It's going to tell us everything we need to know about what is laziness. So most of us think lazy is this, I'm sitting on the couch and I don't want to get up. I'm too tired to do my exercise or I'm not motivated to do. So all of these are correct, but that's the manifestation of what laziness is. That is That's the manifestation of laziness. But what is the essence of laziness? So let's open up the Ramchal, and this will open up our eyes to the entire topic. And this is in chapter 6, right at the beginning when he talks about this trait. The Ramchal of blessed memory says the following. He says, now realize, v'tire, kiteva ha'odam kaved me'od. Because the nature, the natural tendency of man is to be extremely heavy, extremely sluggish. Ki afrius hachomrius gas. For the earthliness of physicality is dense. The reality, says the Ramchal. That's it. That's the whole quote. The reality of mankind is that we are heavy by nature. Every single person you've ever met has the element of laziness in them. So if that's the case, Rabbi, let's just end class now. Why are we even talking about it if everyone's got it? So finished. Because we are members of the Musar Masterclass, committed and devoted students of Torah. We don't take it as a statement of fact. We say this is a challenge that we're going to overcome. We're going to change. We're going to grow. We're going to persevere and overcome the challenge of laziness. Laziness, and it makes us feel good in a way, right? Because we're being validated here. Ramchal is saying this is the nature. The nature is we're all heavy. Now take a look at this. You see these keys right here? What happens when I leave go of them? They fall. Why? Because that's the nature. All of us, we're all like those keys. You know what happens? We just want to plop down on that couch. We don't even want to, we want to be like comatose looking at the television and like, we don't even have enough strength to change the channel. And it's like, what? You want to eat something? No, just fine. Whatever, you know? And just like that, that is laziness because Ramchal tells us that the nature of mankind is that we are heavy and our tendency is to just be sluggish. 
Umi shirotza. Listen what he says now. The solution. Brilliant. Umi shirotza lizkos laavodas habori yisbarach. And whoever desires proper service of God, our Creator, sorich shiyizgaber negativo must overcome his very nature. V'yizgaber v'yizdores and strengthen himself and become diligent, to become motivated. Because if he is to let himself fall to his heaviness, to his sluggishness, then definitely he won't succeed. That's it. The most remarkable words here. In fact, the Gaon of Vilna studied the Ramchal, this book, and he said that it's Ruach HaKodesh. It's divine inspiration that gave the Ramchal the ability to write this book because a human can't write it just in his own wisdom. It's divine, this message that we're learning here tonight, that we are all heavy. The nature, you're going to say, oh, can you stop lazing around? Well, that's my nature, right? No. It is, our, it is my nature. It's not my excuse, though. Although it is my nature, we need to fight it once we can identify it. Now, when we talk about Musser study, the most important thing, and soon we're going to, I decided that we need to dedicate an entire series to knowing oneself. And God willing, in a few weeks, we're going to start this series of how do I get to know? Like, who am I? Like, what's really... What's really going on in my life? What's really happening within me? Like, what is that trait that I need to perfect? What's that perfect trait that God gifted me with in the positive? What's that trait that I am perfectly negative in, in the reverse? Because we all have one positive perfect trait and one negative perfect trait, meaning perfect in a negative, or it's like our strongest negative trait. And then we have many other positive traits. We have many other negative traits that we need to work on. It seems from this, what the Ramchal is telling us, is that we all by nature have, and we know this from many of our classes before, that we all have all the traits. But we have them at different measurements, which is why they're called midot. Midot means measurements. We all have different measurements. So the construct of one person and their traits is very different than the other person and their traits. Their positive could be kindness. Their positive could be uh, faith. Their positive could be trust. Their positive could be, uh, you know, any any pick any of the great traits. I'm talking about their perfect trait. Now, what happens if a person is given a gift and they don't use it? It starts getting dusty. What happens after it gets dusty? It starts collecting. You start throwing the newspapers on it. And before you know it, you don't even know where it is. Where that gift, that special gift, because you never used it. Our traits are the same. Our sages tell us our traits, our positive traits particularly, if we leave them dormant, they collect dust and more junk and more junk and more junk accumulates on top of it. By the time we're looking at a reasonable age, what are my traits? We're like, huh? I, I, I never knew I had that trait because it's covered with so much and that's what we're going to try to do in an upcoming series to uncover what are my traits, who am I, 
It's up to each and every one of us to identify our own traits. But, caveat, it helps to have a good friend to assist. Now, here's the problem with it. Here's the problem with it. Way number 35 of Ethics of Our Fathers and in the 48 Ways, Mishnah 6, Chapter 6 of Ethics of Our Fathers. Way number 35 is to love criticism. But who loves criticism? Nobody loves criticism. You're criticizing how I eat. You're criticizing how I drive. You're criticizing how I, whatever whatever it is that we do. Oh, you're saying I'm lazy? Oh, really? Oh, oh you're like, you're so perfect, right? And people get defensive. People get defensive. Nobody likes to hear the negative, which is why it's very important that if you do have someone who loves you and cares about you and is willing to take of themselves to share with you their flaws... I told you this before, my grandfather, when we asked him, we sat with my grandfather and worked on many of our traits, myself and a whole group of my friends in yeshiva together. We came to my grandfather and we asked him, how do we work on the trait of arrogance, a trait we discussed previously a few weeks ago. My grandfather's response was, arrogance, that you don't need to worry about. That, you'll get married, your wife will take care of it for you. So... This is the this is the reality. If you have someone who really loves you, well, arrogance is the first one to get chopped. But the but the truth is is that in every area of life, in every area of life, I just sat with a very very special special rabbi. I was in New York this Shabbos, and I had the privilege to be in a shul that was just absolutely delicious. This shul was singing and dancing, and davening so beautifully. It's like like Hymish here in Houston. And it was just remarkable. And I had the privilege of sitting with the rabbi for an extended period of time, after Shabbos, after Sunday night actually, and we talked about, you know, what are the keys to a successful shul, to a successful synagogue, and how do you create an environment of inclusivity, because most shuls are exclusive. Just by definition, if you have to pay a membership, it's exclusive only to members. How do you make a place that's inclusive for everyone? Everyone's welcome. No membership. Just come. Be part of it. So we were talking about it. But one of the things that the rabbi said, I think, was so piercing and so penetrating. He said all of the success of a synagogue is when you're able to let go of yourself. I'm not so holy and high. I'm not so uh, everyone needs to respect me. You need to you need to let go. You need to remove the arrogance. You have to remove the layers. You have to, it's called bitul, the lavatel is to to let go. Sometimes people don't. If you look at the problems that go on in most institutions or synagogues, it always has something to do with personalities. And you are not going to tell me what to do. You are not, right? It's like that that type of attitude of everyone needs to bolster their image and tripping over their own ego. The opposite is what makes a synagogue successful. I said, what do you do with people talking in shul? It's a big problem. People talk in shul. Guess what? Never, ever quiet someone down in shul. Never. Davin louder. Daven louder, sing louder, dance more. Never quiet them. 
make yourself louder. And I think that's such an important lesson in all areas of life. We don't need to reprimand others. We have to strengthen ourselves. We have to elevate ourselves. And it's also in the synagogue, I think it's such a practical example. You have those people who go walking around, shh, no talking, or they give out, they give us, sometimes they give out cards, you know, synagogue is not a place for, for talking, it's a place for prayer. So, if, you know, if you're here to talk, find another place, you know, whatever. But uh, I've, I've seen that, not in my synagogue. No, I would never let that. But, but the idea that it's about elevating yourself will elevate your community. When we have a tinge of negative trait, it sometimes helps if you can find someone who really loves you and cares about you. It could be a parent. It could be a spouse. It could be a child. It could be a good friend. But it needs to be someone who's loyal and committed and doesn't want to just hurt you and reprimand you and criticize you, but rather is looking to help you find your perfection and is willing to be that springboard. And I was privileged to have a rabbi like that. That rabbi was very, very, before he passed away, was very clear with me in things that I, you know, there was a time I was, I was searching through all of my traits and trying to identify what, what is my, what does my uh, box of traits look like? And he didn't tell me, but guided me to understanding. And it's not easy. It's very easy to look at a picture, but when you get closer, it's very. You look at the painting and you see, wow, there's so many different shades here. It's not. It's not what it looks like to the eye. To the eye, I thought it was blue, but now I see it's a little bit gray. It's like you know, it's like you have all these all these different shades. And the closer you get, the more detail you can discern. In our own character, it's not very different. From the outside, people say, "Oh, tough guy. Be very careful." Like you know. You go meet the person and you see that they're so soft, they're so gentle, and they're so beautiful. But they just put that side. The Israelis, what are they called? They're called sabras. Sabras are prickly on the outside and very sweet on the inside. You meet the Israelis, in the beginning they're tough. They, they seem tough. You just get by that little shell in the beginning, on top, on the outside, they're the sweetest of the sweet. That's just taking a step, looking closer you're able to discern that. When we want to identify our own traits, it's important to have someone who is going to be your assistant to guide you. Now, that could be you yourself, but you're going to have to be brutally honest with yourself. Does anybody here feel comfortable saying about themselves, I am lazy? Well, I don't know if I can call myself lazy. And we don't like to like just, yeah, put that label on myself. But the minute we are able to, what happens? Now we're armed with the tools to fix it. You know, psychologists say that 90% of dealing with the problem is identifying the problem. The minute you're able to identify it, it's very easy to fix it. Sometimes. <laughs> all of them, all of your traits to identify them and, and, to, and to rectify them. Because here's the thing. When you rectify a trait when you're a child, when you become an adolescent, that trait now manifests itself in a different way. So you have to work on it again. When you become an adult, 
you have to work on it again because it manifests itself in a different way. When you're married, it be, it's different. When you have children, it's different. When you're when you become a grandparent, a, a grandparent, it becomes different. When you become a senior citizen, which you guys have, it looks like you have like another fifty years till you get to that stage. It manifests itself differently again. So it's a constant work because we're never perfect for every stage. We're perfect, perhaps, for our current stage, but in twenty years or I think it's usually a three-year cycle of how our, our, our character changes and shifts. Things around us change. We just had COVID. Who didn't change over COVID? We all changed over COVID in one way or another. We may realize it. We may not. The Richter scale may not have moved that much that we noticed it, but it's something did. It's constantly moving. It's an amazing thing that everything that Hashem created, everything that Hashem created is round. You don't see any of the planets that are square. Tree is round. The rocks are round. Everything is round. Human beings are round. Why? To tell you that everything has a cycle. Everything comes and goes. What you might work on today at point zero degrees, when you do all 360 and get back to that zero, you'll be at a higher level. So it's already a new, a new game. It's a new, it's like a spiral, hopefully upward spiral where we're, constantly reinventing ourselves the traits stay that's the core of who we are but notwithstanding that it's if someone is working on laziness they'll work on it as a child they can work on it as an adolescent as an adult as a, as a senior as a parent as a as a as a grandparent and it's always going to be a different challenge its very existence will be a different challenge so Laziness can show itself in, in in every area of life. We'll see in a minute that there are that there are things that we're motivated for, we're motivated to do, and therefore we're not lazy in those areas. And there are other areas where I'm totally not motivated, so I don't care. It's like I'm just gonna lazy it out. Well, how do we gain motivation to those areas as well, which is very important? We'll see that. Okay. So what does it really mean if we talk about laziness? Essentially, what it means is not now. You know you got to take care of it. Yeah, but not now. It's the procrastination. It's something I want to do, but not now. Or it's something I need to do, but not now. It's a lack of caring about, or I would say the best is the lack of motivation for it. When someone puts in no effort or they just say, I can't. My father, my entire life, never accepted and still doesn't, still probably wouldn't. May he live and be well. We'd say, I can't. He says, there's no such thing I can't. There's, I don't want to. I can't means I don't want to. He would say it in Hebrew, en lo yachol, yesh lo rotze. There's no such thing as you don't, you, that, you, that you can't. It's you don't want to. If you wanted to enough, you'd figure out a way to do it. We see people accomplishing the most remarkable feats because they're motivated to do it. Everyone's like, oh, it's impossible. You'll never be able to have a, an ele- a fully electric car. You know, and here we go, Elon Musk, boom. You know, and then they say, oh, no one can get to the space and land that, you know, and SpaceX, here we go. And it's just remarkable how he has something which is called willpower. 
He has motivation to get things done. It's an unbelievable gift. And each and every one of us have that as well. We just have to learn how to motivate ourselves, how to psych ourselves up for something, even though it's not what I want to do right now. Laziness can also come from a self-centeredness. Where it's, uh, right now, I want to be just like me, not you. I don't want to do something that's outside of my wishes. It's not what I want to be doing. So how do we cure this? To succeed over laziness, one must fight his very nature, we said. And we see the Mishnah in Ethics of Our Fathers, chapter 5, Mishnah 20 says the following Heavy Az Kanamer Kal Kanesher Rat Kitzvi Vigibor Kaari. So the Mishnah says as follows Yehuda ben Tema says, Be bold as a leopard, light as an eagle, swift as a deer, and strong as a lion to carry out the will of your Father in heaven. Our sages tell us something very remarkable here. You know how you overcome laziness? Yes, you're going to need to be bold. You're going to need to be light. You're going to need to be swift. You're going to need to be strong. All of these are keys of determination. A lion doesn't need to be told to be strong. A deer doesn't need to be told to be swift. An eagle doesn't need to be told to be light. And a leopard doesn't need to be told to be bold. It's in their nature. We need to motivate ourselves to bring out those qualities that are in our nature. Those qualities will help us overcome all of the challenges that are in our way. Our sages tell us, doing good takes effort. You want to do good? It's going to take effort. It's going to take focus. It's going to take intention. It's going to take desire. It's going to take motivation. So what's the challenge? What's the challenge when I don't have those? When I don't have the focus, when I don't have the intention, when I don't have the desire or the motivation, that's when I'm lazy. I just want to sit on that couch because nothing else interests me, because nothing else intrigues me, nothing else motivates me. Here's something we need to understand. When the Misilat Yeshurim, when Ramchal tells us that we are heavy by nature, not that we need a diet, but rather that we are by nature drawn by our gravity. We're gravitated downwards. That means that we can overcome it. You need to do something to manipulate yourself to do it. So let's take a diet as an example because I think a lot of our service of Hashem is a good parallel to dieting. Nobody wants to diet. Right? Does anybody here want to diet? Nobody wants to diet. But we sometimes realize that if we don't, I had a guy right over here in this center probably standing right where I am right now. I meet a friend of mine. He was from Dallas. And uh, he came here. They were using the Torch Center for a program. So I came into it was someday. I don't remember. It was about six months ago. And I come in to just check that everything is going okay. 
And I see this guy. I know him for years and years. Almost two decades I know this guy. Friend of mine, prominent rabbi. And he lost so much weight. And I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't even recognize you. I cannot recognize you. You, lost, you look terrific. And he stops, he pauses, and he says, you didn't hear? I'm like, hear what? He says, I had a heart attack. I was dead on the bed. And they brought me back to life. I said, but you're a young guy. You're like 51 years old. You're young. He says, if you don't take care of yourself when you're in your 40s, you're not going to take care of yourself in your 50s. You're not going to take care of yourself in your 60s. You're not going to take care of yourself in your 70s or 80s. He says, I was dead. Hashem gave me a second chance. He says, I do exercise now. I eat healthy. I take care of myself. He got motivated from not such a great motivation. But that scared the you-know-what out of me. Because here I was, you know, slowly gaining a pound here, a pound there, getting a little chunky monkey here, and, you know. And I, I am very, very proud. I just marked 15 pounds that I lost in the past uh, little while because of that motivation. Because I wasn't motivated till then. And I was like, everything's fine. I just I'm, Everything's great, you know. But when that motivation came, and it was clear in front of my eyes. I see a living example of someone who could have, just like that, vanished because he neglected that. I'm like, wow, I have to do something about this. I have to change my eating habits. I have to do exercise properly. So suddenly there's a motivation. Yeah, but that same Arya Wolby wasn't motivated a little while ago. He wasn't motivated. You know what? Something triggers that motivation. You have to capitalize on it and say, oh, I'm going to do something and spring into action. Sitting it out doesn't mean that one is free and clear. We're going to have Super Bowl Sunday this coming week and people are just going to be like vegging out on a couch, eating pizza and eating all that other junk food and, and just watching a game and other people are doing something. You know, I think it's a great idea for people to have like a treadmill that is generating energy for the television. That when you when you walk on it or you or you you get on that cycle, it gives enough energy for the television to play. But if you don't, you stop pedaling. Okay, it's off. Okay, get back to pedaling. Right? Figure out a way. A person needs to figure out a way. I, you know what's going to happen is people are going to use it as a stand for the other television they buy. So it just sits on it. Just like, you know, someone once sent me a cartoon of, of uh, people are in a store looking at different treadmills. They're like, this one can hold 17 shirts and this one can hold 15. <laughs> Which model would you like, you know? It's interesting that at the beginning of the book of Joshua, it says God is telling Joshua, Chazak ve'emat means Go from strength to strength. It takes great effort to do good proactively. To be proactive, it takes motivation. And God is blessing Joshua with that blessing of motivation. You should always have that energy, that excitement to go do it. 
it's something that, you know, how many times do we have that thing? It could be organizing our desk. It could be, you know, whatever it is. And we talked about order in the past. It could be reorganizing our books. It could be whatever it is. And I was like, ah, for one day, one day. And when is that one day? I once saw another great quote. It says, today is the tomorrow you said yesterday. You know, yesterday you said, ah, tomorrow will take care of it. Today is that day. Get to work. Do it. But here's the amazing thing. It's very difficult to just tell somebody, you know, can you just stop being so lazy? It's very difficult to say that. So what is a person, how do we get ourselves? We're adults. We don't need to be told that. How do we get ourselves out of that little rut? Say to tell us, start with small, easy things. You start with something small and easy. That will, what that does is, you know, it's like, how do you start riding a bicycle? Do you put it on 21 gear, gear number 21 first, and that's how you start pedaling? Or do you start with gear number one? And then, it, you know, you got it. You're starting. You put it on gear number two, gear number three, gear number four. Before you know it, you're at gear 21 and you're flying down that road. You have to start with the easy. That starts the engine. Think of it. You're on the bicycle. You want to ride? It's not going to work if you start on the highest gear. Get it down to the first gear. Start that it's so easy, but you're rolling already. Now you can up it another gear and another gear. We all are given opportunities, a great opportunity called life. Life isn't forever. Life is an opportunity for us to accomplish. When we're lazy, we're basically saying, I'm, I'm just checking out. We can't check out because that means we're lacking life. You need motivation to do good. We all have things we're motivated to do and things we are less or not at all motivated to do. What things are we motivated to do? What things are we not so motivated to do? So I think like this. You know, there are people who are very motivated for certain things. They're motivated when it comes to cars. You see people like, oh, they're going to a car show and they're so excited. Some people are motivated by guns and some people are motivated by movies and some people are motivated by technology. Some people are motivated by Torah. But is an important thing. Torah is not like one of the other ones because it's kihem chayun. This is our life. This is our oxygen. So it doesn't go into the same category. We have to be obsessed with Torah. We have to be immersed in Torah. Kihem chayenu, this is our life. You can live a perfectly fine life without technology. You can live a perfectly fine life without collecting cars or guns or any of that. But everyone has motivation. Sages tell us the tool of overcoming Laziness is zrizin magdimin lemitzvos. Those who are motivated, they rush and start doing it right away. They do the mitzvah right away. They do the good deed, do whatever it's necessary to be done immediately. Don't delay. Because the minute you procrastinate, even a little bit, how many things do we have on that list of things we're going going to get done? One day. Why isn't that one day today? 
to just get it done now. If we if we looked at every single thing that's on that list and evaluated its importance, we would see it's important. It actually is important. Because if it wasn't important, you wouldn't have it on your list. If it's important enough to be on your list, it's important enough to get it off your list and make get it done. This knowledge that we are heavy by nature, a huge push to overcome it. Let me again, if if no one told you ever that you were an angry person, and you don't need to work on anger because you probably don't even know that it exists. I had I had such an interesting welcome to New York. Now I'm not here to talk down about New York. But there definitely he gave me a lot of material. Okay. So um you know, Texas we, we try to be nice to one another, right? We're nice, we're friendly, nobody honks a horn, everybody's just calm. There were I would say about ten times I was driving in New York and the person sitting next to me was like grabbing the steering wheel wanting to honk the horn. I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We're from Texas. We don't do that. I know you're from New York, but I don't do that. Okay. So I'm standing at the luggage belt. The baggage is coming out and we're waiting for our luggage. There's this guy standing next to me. My son is on one side and I have this guy standing on the other side. And he looks like he's a little bit on edge and he's like waiting for his bag. When is his bag coming already? And it's like, you know, he's a little bit edgy. So when finally I see him looking, oh, this is his bag. So I, I just like, like out of like total like kindness, I'm like, would you like a, help, a hand with that? Because it was like by me before it got to him. So I was like just ready to grab it to help him pull it out because it looked like a heavy bag. And he said, what did you say? You said, do, do I need your help? Like almost like you think I'm so weak. And I'm so like that you offered me help. Like, it's like, I was like, how, how was an act of total kindness of total? How did that go into like, and he, he stepped away and went to his wife. Like he asked me if I need help. Like, what does he think? And he was using some flowery language. Let's not get into that. Like describing how I was so rude in asking him if he needed help. I'm like, Welcome to New York. That's like, I didn't say that out loud, and obviously I didn't, but it was very, very surprising. I'm not here again. I don't want to talk. There are a lot of amazing things that go on in New York. Uh, I wasn't born there, no. You know, I was born in Jerusalem, raised in New York, and came to Texas as quickly as I could. Yeah. That's right. So there is a push and pull with every obligation. Every obligation that you have, there's a, like, should I do it now? Should I do it later? It's like that. Okay, well, let me explain something, okay? I think it's because we have two dimensions that we're thinking. How gratifying will it be? And gratification, there's two types of gratification. There's short-term gratification, instant, and then there's long-term gratification. No one is excited to put away money for their 401k. No one is excited about it. Because I'm not going to benefit from that for a very long time. So I'm not excited about it. Because it's long term. But you tell me about something right now that I can benefit, I'm very excited. 
because it's a now. It's a short term. But Judaism is all about long term. You don't do a mitzvah and get rewarded like that. Although we love those stories of how someone did an act of kindness, they got repaid immediately, and we're like, wow, wow, there's a God, right? We have to recognize that there's a long-term picture that as Jews, we're obsessed with. There's a long-term prospect that we need to focus on. Laziness isn't stupidity, and it's not bad-intentioned. It starts with procrastination, pushing it off a bit longer till it doesn't get done at all. So it's not like someone's evil. Someone's like, oh, I'm just going to, how many times did we want to make that phone call? We're like, you know what? I'm just going to do it after lunch. And then after lunch, it's like, you know what? In an hour, I'll do it. And then it's like, you know, tomorrow morning, first thing I'm going to do that phone call, right? It's like, and it ends up never getting done. It's not because we're bad people. It's not because we have bad intentions, but it's because we push it off. The first pushing it off is when we fall into the trap. That first push is when we fall into the trap. We know our obligations. So why don't we fulfill our obligations? Why don't we fulfill our obligations? We say, I'm going to eat first. I'm going to sleep first. I'm going to have all the excuses in the world. I want to read, read to you something from the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim says that the reason, the big reason of all the reasons that a person doesn't serve God, you want to know why? One reason, laziness. That's the big reason. He says, Yesh anoshim shesibas miniyasim mitzvahs gmilos chasadim. There are those who the reason they don't do acts of loving kindness, they don't do meals on wheels, they don't do uh, volunteering here, they don't help out at the sisterhood, they don't, they're not, it's not because they're worried about their own money. That they're, oh, I'm not going to give money to that because they're going to waste my money. They, they, you know, that's not the reason. That's not why they don't give. That's not why they don't do. And they're not either afraid that you're just not going to profit from it. He says the real reason is because they're lazy. You want to know why they don't? Because they're lazy. So I want to share with you one tip. One tip that I found personally has helped me in the past and hopefully it'll help me again in the present and hopefully in the future as well to overcome my own laziness. And I'd love to hear from you if it helps you. Now, most of you are not lazy anyway, I know. I told you this is a class of one. It's a class for me to learn each and every one of these traits. Y'all are all perfect. But I'll tell you what has helped me. Is that when someone asks me for a favor, I don't start calculating. I don't start thinking, well, that, 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 yes. Before I start thinking about it, yes. You need me to pick you up from the airport? Yes. Well, I don't know if I can or if I can. Yes. Commit. Because when a person commits, you have unbelievable assistance from above. Make the commitment. 
That's the key, in my opinion, to breaking all of laziness. Make the commitment. I'm going to take care of it today. The commitment. I'm going to get it done. So, yeah, we have other things that take precedence, and it, it's something that came up onto your docket of all the things you need to get done this week. I'm going to take care of it. Consider it done. And the minute a person obligates themselves to it, it gets much easier. I know I have to do it. Might as well just take care of it already. I'm going to do it. So I'm going to do it now. Anyone ever try to jump into a cold pool? Take that cold. And you're like standing there like, should I go now? Should I, should I go? Should I? Like, when, when should I actually jump, take the plunge? Like, when? Well, is it going to make a difference in five minutes or now? Just take the plunge. You're going to go in anyway. You're going to get it done because you, you just committed yourself to it. And when a person has the one, at least for me, when I have that attitude of just get it done, you have a lot of assistance from heaven that intervenes, that helps make it successful. I find it all the time. Not only that, there are times where I, by mistake, overcommit myself. Like, what am I going to do now? I overcommitted myself. I have to be there and there at the same time. I would say that 99% of the times, Hashem helps. No, 100% of the time Hashem helps. But with those situations, 99% of the times I don't get into the squeeze. And one will call me and say, you know something? Really something came up. And like, you know, it's like there's always something that saves me from that situation. When you commit yourself, you get rewarded as if you did it. So, my dear friends, the trait of laziness is something we all have by nature. It's something that we were all gifted with so that every time we stand up and go do something, we're getting rewarded. That's right. I love that motto. Do something, do anything. Just don't do nothing. And it's such a great motto. I love that. Thank you. That's the key of it all. Start. Start on gear number one. So Hashem should bless us all that we should find the success that we want and we need so desperately to overcome those little barriers of laziness. Get into the first gear, up to the second, to the third, all the way up to the highest gear of high efficiency, of high productivity, of high accomplishments, and God willing, we'll continue to feel the presence of Hashem in everything that we do. Amen. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcast.com.